Hi there, listeners. His name is Aaron, and his favorite pie is rhubarb. And his name is Tommy, and his favorite pie is, uh, is cranberry apple. And this is the episode 12 of the Super Pod Saga. Yay. I'm sure there's got to be a pie like that out there. There has to be. I, I Not to get in this, but like, is rhubarb used for anything other than rhubarb pie? I'm sure there's like... There's jams, but uh, that's a, I don't. I mean, people eat it raw because they're crazy. But ew, yeah. Ew. Uh, anyways, if you're a first-time listener, this isn't a podcast about pie. It's a podcast where Aaron and I discuss every single video game topic that has ever and will ever exist. Where were the be-all end-all of video game podcasts? Yeah, when we're finally done with this, when we're in our 80s, you'll be able to go back and like search for any topic, and we'll have talked about it. That's that's the goal, and I think that's a that's a good goal to have. The alpha and the omega, the <laughs> beginning and the end of video game podcasts. Yes, um, this one's going to be a little different though. Usually we have like specific genres or topics or whatever, but I I just have an obsession, not an obsession, but like every once in a while I just think back back to about how video games used to be and i'm like man things were different and kids today don't know they don't know what we had to go through to play video games i guess um at so this is the back in my day episode where we're gonna be like back in my day blah 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 i think um the first thing that made me realize that was i had a job at a at a bank and i told everyone that i like video games and one of them was like, oh, yeah, I, I, when I was growing up, my favorite console was the Nintendo DS. And I'm like, that's what you grew oh. up with? Because everyone was huh. born in 2000 now, which is crazy. But, yeah, oh, it was God, like, yeah. that was like me in college. <laughs> <laughs> God, that thing came out in, in what? The, the original one came out in like 2009? No, 2010? The DS in 2010? I thought, I thought oh, we had no, no, no. high no, school I'm, at least. I'm, that, that's the 3ds something of my bad yeah that yeah you are on like 2011 or something yep yep but yeah growing up with the ds which oh man i just looked yeah it came out in 2004 or 2005 and so that means oh that gosh. people born in 2000 were four or five when the ds came out and i was already a fully that, formed human it's so weird to think about so I mean, yeah the, uh, the, the first console i ever actually like I guess the first console I ever actually owned was was the GameCube that I got for my birthday or whatever. But it's so weird to think about people like, oh yeah, the first console I ever had was the the PS3, the Xbox 360. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yep. Oh man. Um, just to like get it started off, I guess. Uh, back in my day, if we wanted to play games with our friends, it had to be local split screen because you know there wasn't the internet back then. That's true. That is true. Or uh. If you're a PlayStation gamer, you had to have the multi-tap. Yeah. Uh, the extra... Oh my gosh, that's right. That's right. <laughs> you uh, you couldn't just. It's it's like normal to have four plus controllers to plug into a thing, but back in the day, the PlayStation only had two, so you had to buy the multi-tap to plug it in, and then you could plug four controllers in. Which was so weird because I, I don't remember there being very many four-player games on the PlayStation. Like I remember there being. Uh, Obviously, fighting games, or most fighting games are two players. True. Racing games are usually like two-player split-screen. I cannot imagine a four-player PlayStation game off the top of my head. A Crash Team Racing and Crash Bash. Those were oh. four-player games that I played. Okay, there, there we go. 
but yeah, we had to split the screen into four sections, and we didn't have widescreens back then. It was the the square TVs, and I don't know, man. That's that's like hard to do. Even even now, just even with the widescreen, I'm like, oh, I I can barely see what's on my screen. I don't know how we did it back then. I know, and there were some weird games that uh, I don't know if it was back in like the the N64 PlayStation era, but there were some games. I think it was like Destroy All Humans. You could choose to split the screen vertically instead of horizontally, which was extra yeah, weird. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it made it like even harder to see anything at all because your field of, of your range of like vision was just <laughs> was just four pixels basically. Yeah, playing Call of Duty Four, they had to they wanted to include oh, yeah. the map when it was split as well, so you didn't even get all of the half a screen. It was only like a section of the half a screen because they had to have the mini map as well. Oh my god, and playing. Playing Mario Kart 64 with this screen divided up into fours, it was, it was such a wild. It's so hard. I'm I'm so accustomed to the Mario Kart 8 or other games really that give you the whole ass screen to see yeah. anything, per like pixel perfect, and then you split it up into four, and it's like, how oh, the man. hell did we or, do that? Man, uh, Twisted Metal, impossible. Oh. I played that with friends, and it's just blocky graphics, horrible explosions. You can't see anything too far away um but also like aside from that we didn't have the opportunity to play games with friends online like i have a very distinct Mm. memory of owning nascar 9 to 9 on my playstation (laughs) and it had a two-player mode but i you know rural iowa so i Mm. would uh, there was a cheat code that was called paintball mode where your cars could shoot paintballs in the front and it would spin out the cars in front of you so I would do a two-player race with that on, and I would just hold the, the gas and the paintball on for both cars and would just, like, imagine that they were both racing, and I was, like, both people. That's that's how I had fun. I Like, anyone, any kid now can just grab a phone and play Fortnite with 100 people online. That That is, yeah, that's that's so wild to think about because even, even before those generations, like on the, like the Super Nintendo and stuff like that, like, multiplayer was just starting to become a thing because i know like secret of mana had a uh that was co-op all the way throughout the whole entire game mm-hmm. so it's so weird to think that we came from uh, just a mostly single player generation skip a couple mostly two player and then now it's it's all one like i guess a couple generations later it's all online basically yeah yeah everything and uh, like even uh games that you can play single player like i know diablo i i think it has to have an always online connection even though it's a totally single player game i could be wrong but there are games like that that's true oh and and god forbid you ever get a screen peeker on a local co-op too or local local multiplayer man the screen peekers were the worst that's why i could never play goldeneye because everyone else knew the maps and i didn't so even though i could see other people's screens it didn't help me any Oh, me and me and my little brother used to play Time Splitters Future Perfect, and uh, and there's just just a billion different characters to choose from, a billion different guns. We would always go with with all bricks, all double Uzis, and um, like just us two. It was, God, that was so fun. Even with the screen peeking, we both knew the game and the map and everything pretty well. So we just screen peek all the time, find each other, assassinate the other, and what a we, what a great time. Yeah, we had fun with Halo Three turning gravity to as low as possible doing an open map with only gravity hammers 
So you could, oh, and having your speed really fast. So everyone would just be flying around the arenas and swinging hammers <laughs> and going flying. Holy oh, shit. so fun. <laughs> That's <laughs> good times. Speaking of, of no gravity, uh, back in my day, games were just all to the brim with different cheat codes. Yes. Yes. Gosh. But, I mean, you don't see that, I don't think, ever. Now, well, maybe, maybe it's, it's, like, few and far between. But back in the day, like, they even made those little guides you could buy at Walmart and Target and such that had tons of different key, cheat codes for tons of different games. I remember um, Grand Theft Auto. Yep. That's the first one that came to mind. Oh, hell yeah. With those weapon cheats, the flying car especially was really, really cool to get around, or the jetpack. And oh. the, uh, I still have, I think it was Weapon Cheat 2 that I memorized. It was L1, L1, L2, no. Yeah, I don't know. I, I used to have a bunch memorized. Yeah, I have, I have a, it's in Crash Bandicoot 3 Warped. It's the Konami code, but I didn't know that at the time. So I didn't memorize this as the Konami code. But it was at the menu, if you do up, up, down, down, left, right, left, right, square, it unlocks a demo for Spyro the Dragon. That's for cool. the first cool. level. But like just think about that. Those aren't made by the same developer. They're both Sony exclusives obviously. But imagine like going into Spider-Man, Marvel Spider-Man and putting in a code on the first level and it unlocks a demo for God of War. Yeah, cuz nowadays demos are just getting from a digital marketplace and whatnot. Yeah. That was, that was Yeah. And then I forget which game it was. I think it was it was either Glover or Rayman I think, but whenever you tried to punch in a cheat code or move around on the pause menu, it would make like burp and fart sounds, and that was <laughs> that was awesome. <laughs> You'd just be punching in the infinite lives cheat, and it'd be like burp, burp, burp. Yeah, or um, every every game back then had a big head mode. That was like, it, oh, it wasn't yeah. a video game unless it had a big head mode. I don't know the last game that had one of those. It's I'm trying I'm trying really hard to rack my brain for any recent games that had cheat codes, but. I don't think there were any. Like maybe, maybe a couple that have, I guess, like cheats to unlock all levels. But see, and the thing, and the thing with cheat codes is like they're not given to you in the game. Like there, I'm sure there are some indie games that are like we got cheat codes just like the old game days. But telling you that and providing them to you isn't the same. Like we had to seek them out in magazines or learning from mm -hmm. friends or whatever, which is kind of something I'll talk about later. But, like, yeah, it was, it was like, just a magical thing, having this game that you own and being, like, if you put this special set of buttons in, everything changes. And there was... I remember back in the day, the manuals that you got with games had that notes section in the back. Yeah. And any game that had cheat codes, I would, I would fill that fucker up with so many... Even if it was just, like, some dumpy, like, dumb cheat code, like, ooh... The old turn the color palette pinkish shirt or something dumb. I'd be like, I, I, I'm going to get that. I want that. Yeah. Back in my day, I didn't have this on my list, but back in my day, we had game manuals. Yeah. I love game manuals. That was that was the best part was driving to the store, getting your game. And then as your parents are driving you back, you just read that game manual and get excited for the game you're about to play. I read the story, the controls. The characters. The, the, yep. Tips and hints that it gives you. You're like, I'm ready. I could beat this game right now. And now there's no game manuals because one, there's everyone buys stuff online, but two, even if you do buy the, the case, there's no game manual inside. Yeah, there's. I know sometimes they make limited or limited run games or like special, special versions of games like that that, that do come with little manuals, but those are 
super like super hard to find um i i'm want to find the specifics so i don't say it wrong but the newest god of war game um the special edition god of war ragnarok here we go here we go it's a god of war ragnarok jotnar edition comes with a steelbook display case no game disc included what the fuck so it comes with the, so it comes with the case. Yes. There's no disc. No disc. You get the digital version of the game. That's so <laughs> that's so stupid. It's like the worst possible timeline. Like I I understand like they're probably saving a little bit of money, but from a from like a collector's standpoint, or just just like wanting this cool steel book case. I, yeah, it's that's mind-boggling. The, that's the thing is because it's for specifically collectors, and I can't imagine a collector that's like, yeah, I just want the case. I don't want the disc. Like, yeah, no. You want the whole set, motherfucker. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, back back in my day, we couldn't download games. We had to go to the store to buy them, and I think again, that's just another crazy thing. I even take that for granted, like. I, I was like, man, I feel like playing Red Dead Redemption 2. Let me purchase it and download it, and I can play it right now. I'd, the last time I went to a store to buy a game, man. I think. Long time. I haven't I haven't actually bought a, a game in the store either. I usually, I mean, and, and nowadays also, you don't even need to go to a store because you can just buy it off of eBay or Amazon. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I'll get it shipped to me, if anything, because it's there but we couldn't do that you couldn't you couldn't have a game shipped to you you couldn't buy it download it online there was no downloading games i had to it was a it was a trip that i made and like we're in rural iowa so you could you could go to the local walmart but you're you're better off going to sioux city or sioux falls to go to a GameStop because they have more stuff and back then GameStop was actually good like they you could right. make you could actually sell your games to buy new games it wasn't like a complete scam that's right kids back in the day GameStop also had this sweet, sweet section where they just had all sorts of cool video game snacks and like drinks and stuff. And oh man, I'll never forget that. That was so good. And then they, then they stopped doing that around like 2006 yeah. or something. GameStop used to be my favorite place to be. I would go to the mall just to go to GameStop. And now, yep. and now if I went to the mall, I don't even think I'd go into the GameStop. No, and like as a kid, it was yeah, it was definitely I guess back in the day it was super cool but nowadays being in a, a an anxiety ridden adult and having them constantly pester you about pre-ordering the next god of war or some fucking shit it's like no i just want to buy i just want to buy these two games for 15 dollars yes. and i want to go god yes. damn it i know exactly coffee what i want to go <laughs> gosh that i hate that every place that does that i went to this is not video game related, but just it happened yesterday. I went to Cabela's to get some life jackets and, and nice. the person inside handed me a thing. And they're like, if you apply for a credit card, you get $50 off. And I'm like, okay. Oh. And she's like, do you think you're going to do it? And I'm like, I don't know. <laughs> As I'm walking away. Yeah. And then at the register, they're like, are you a rewards member? And I'm like, no, this is my first time in a Cabela's. <laughs> and she's like, oh, well, if you become a rewards member, you can make more trips. I'm like, I gave you a sign that I'm not going to be a rewards member. Please just. <laughs> I literally just want these life jackets yes. so I don't drown. <laughs> My wife can't swim. <laughs> I think uh, I, the only like 
I guess this is kind of getting off topic, but I'm still going to talk about it anyway because it's our podcast. God damn it. Um, I have a uh, rewards card at the in Iowa. There's this chain of gas stations called Casey's. Oh, I've got it I too. A, yeah, I mean, you go you get go get gas. Yeah, all the time. Might as well. But uh, literally everywhere you go nowadays, they're like, hey. You want to sign up for like Olive Garden specialty rewards? I'm like, no, I I just want to get this this one spaghetti. That's by the way not as good as Leo's spaghetti, but I just want to get this spaghetti. I'm, I'm and, here uh, for my home. once monthly Olive Garden trip. I, I just want to have a good time. Please leave me alone. I want to get I want to get the unlimited soup, salad, and breadsticks and ski daddle. <laughs> Thank you. Um, but yeah, I uh just video game trips like making a trip to go buy a game like if i went to the local walmart and they didn't have what i wanted i would have to make the hard choice like do i just leave without buying a game or do i find like a second tier game that i might not like like it's a it's not just everything at your fingertips you had to make some hard decisions oh man and with uh i mean i'm, I'm kind of i used to collect games a lot but it, it's going oh so i've been trying to get physical copies of most games that i buy but I know two in particular, the Animal Crossing New Horizons and Smash Ultimate, those two sold out so quickly that when I tried to get the, I guess, buy copies and have them on the day of release, they were sold out. So they, they would, they got delayed by like a month for delivery. And I was like, no, no, <laughs> no, I'll just buy the digital. God damn it. Yeah, um, we actually had a reason to pre-order games back then because you could make sure that you get because your... stores ran out of copies if it was something like exactly. Grand Theft Auto or, or, uh. Uh, what's another big game that used to come out? Skyrim. Skyrim, yeah. And then sometimes they had cool pre-order bonuses, whether it be exclusive DLC. Like I remember there was a, an exclusive yeah. multiplayer skin for Gears of War Three. Walmart pre-ordered exclusives. In. Yeah, Walmart. GameStop exclusives. exclusives. Target exclusives. Yeah. That's right. Um, um, what do you think? What do you think was the the first game that you bought digitally? Um, I it was on the Nintendo Wii. It was when WiiWare first came out because I was like, you can download games? What the heck? And I don't remember what the very first one was, but I remember World of Goo being a game that I downloaded. And I remember showing to friends and being like, look, I don't need the disc. I can just play the video game. Oh, yeah. I think we talked about that. Yeah. That sounds right. Yeah. I think the first digital game I ever bought was on the 360 for sure. And it was Burnout Revenge, I'm pretty sure. Because I remember I was... I had a whole bunch of like Microsoft rewards credits um, and I wanted to, I wanted to buy a game, but I didn't want to go to the lame stop. And Oh my gosh. I remember seeing the little marketplace for games on the, the on the 360 dashboard. And I'm like, Oh my God, what? I didn't know you could do this. And then <laughs> sure enough, yeah, you can buy a whole ass game right there. That's console. That's another thing though, is the Microsoft points, the Nintendo points you had, you couldn't just purchase games with money on the digital storefronts you had to exchange your money for nintendo money <laughs> for nintendo points or microsoft points and then buy them that's never made sense same with like with microtransactions for different games like like smite you you can't just i mean you you spend your money but you buy like an in-game currency called gems but like let me just put like 20 bucks into the game and then just i don't know i guess maybe they maybe that'd be too hard for them to do you can't just get a two dollar skin well yeah that's that's why they do it is because they they price things differently than the dollar amounts you'll either have leftover money or leftover currency 
so you'll you'll want to buy more to make it an even thing because our human brains are dumb like that <laughs> that's right whenever i see anything for like a dollar 99 i always assume barb so so two dollars two dollars and two cents <laughs> the most one, think... one of the most frustrating things with nintendo back in the day was how like with playstation the memory cards were like 256 megabytes or 25 megabytes or whatever and nintendo mm. was like you got 64 blocks to use oh i remember that now you're bringing up some pretty wicked memories <laughs> wicked in the bad way yeah or i you... think it was oh which which game was it that came with the memory i think it was animal crossing that came with a memory card in the case because it was really it was just huge yeah i forget how big it was but yeah it came with its own memory card in the case because the game was just so goddamn huge um i wonder how big it was i don't know i'm gonna yeah. look up the playstation 2 memory cards that's the one i always remember is the playstation 2 memory cards did did the oh, yeah. xbox have memory cards no it had internal it had like damn near infinite internal memory the uh, PlayStation 2 memory card was 8 megabytes. <laughs> God, the games were... Save files were really that small back then, huh? 8 megabytes. And now the Series X and PlayStation 5 are 1 terabyte, which is what... Oh, man. Let me let me do a thing. Terabytes. That, that's a lot of megabytes. Yeah, 2 megabytes. And I love that it's mega, and it's like the smallest thing. 1 terabyte is 1 million megabytes. That's a lot of PlayStation 2 games. That's a lot of PlayStation 2. Uh, or save files. Save sorry. memory cards. <laughs> and uh, I know that you can still get your saves corrupted today, but like back then having your memory card corrupted was like terrifying. That happened with oh God, one yeah. of my baseball games where I tried loading it up and it was like memory card corrupted, Dele file being deleted. And I'm like, what? What? What's happening? And you hit the button and it deletes your file because it's corrupted and it's just gone. That, I think, yeah, I had, the I had that happen one time with, I'm pretty sure it was Pikmin, and uh, and I got so mad at that game. That was, th this kind of ties into why you never got to play Pikmin, because I got so <laughs> mad that my save file got corrupted. I fucking sold that I got so far into that game, and then I my, my, my save file got corrupted, and I got so pissed off that I sold it, and that was when mm -hmm. I got uh, Custom Robo, maybe? Maybe. Maybe. Oh. But I'm sorry you never got to play Pikmin. Oh, it's okay. Maybe someday I will. Maybe. I played Pikmin Go, the or Pikmin Bloom, which isn't anything isn't even close. <laughs> no. It's so weird that Pokemon Go is basically any other Pokemon game, but Pikmin Go is or P Pikmin Bloom whatever is not even remotely the same game. <laughs> uh by the way, was that was that yours? Yeah, yeah. Uh, I accidentally talked about like two or three things, but I I started it. Oh okay, yeah, that, that's all good. Uh, speaking of Alzheimer's, back in my day, we had sick ass unlockable characters in most games. Yeah, that's right. Like uh, one of the one of my favorite ones to cite for that would be pretty much any Tony Hawk's Pro Skater game, or uh, I shouldn't even say that any Tony Hawk game really had really sick unlockable characters like. Uh, I forgot exactly which games it was, but there was some. There was one that had Spider-Man, one that had Darth Shrek. Maul. Yeah, Darth Maul. I think it was um, American Wasteland or Underground that had Gene Simmons from Kiss. <laughs> and then there was Iron Man. There was a bunch. There was a Homer Simpson one. I'm pretty sure, but that, that stuff was so cool. 
I loved uh, the Nintendo Wii Super Smash Brothers because uh, I, I mean, the internet was around then, but I wasn't reading about things. So like yeah. you'd be playing and randomly be like a challenger has appeared and it's like a, a just a random person. You're like, what? What is going on? It's Mewtwo? Like, oh, shit. That was just like the thing about unlockable characters is like it was a complete and total surprise. And just all of the names that you're saying, like in that game, it really led to a lot of the the playground rumors of like, did you like? Because you would say, "Oh man, they've got uh, Spider Man in the new Tony Hawk game," and everyone would be like, "No, that's not true." <laughs> I remember in Smash Bros. Melee, uh, when you when you unlock the you can unlock a character either by playing an absolute shit ton of matches. Or there were also extra, like, specific ways to unlock them. But I remember reading about the game in, I think it was a Nintendo Power magazine or something at, at Walmart once upon a time. So my, mom, my mom was trying on clothes, and I was just like, all right, well, I'm just going to fuck off for, like, an hour and a half. Um, but what was it? To unlock Mewtwo, it was the most... To unlock Mewtwo in Smash Bros. Melee, you can either play just the, the most absurd, absurd number of matches, and like a, like a running total of matches, or you could... What the hell was it? You would just you start up a match, play against whoever, and just let the game sit for like eight hours, I think. Mm-hmm. I remember something then, like that. Yeah, and then and then after eight hours, you just end the match, and then boom, a challenger approaches, and it's Mewtwo. But everybody else was really easy to unlock. Like I think Captain Falcon, you just play you know story mode once, boom, Captain Falcon. But like Luigi had to beat the time trial or the target shooter smash the target thing yeah it was always like really things that you couldn't figure like you would if you just played like all the modes you get most people but some of them were like surprisingly hidden Mm -hmm. and uh and back in my day we didn't have guides on the internet to learn how to do things we had to figure everything out on our own it was impossible i don't know how we did it that's that's so true Looking back now, there were a lot of games, like the most the most infamous uh, game probably to have like just one of the worst dungeons ever to try to complete without a guide would be the Water Temple from Ocarina of Time. Yeah, I've heard of that. I've, I've never attempted it myself. Same. I've, I've never played all the way through Ocarina of Time before. Please don't crucify me, Internet. But uh, I don't know if people ever got through that without a guide. Yeah. Or uh, any Nintendo or Super Nintendo game. Those Those are like we oh my gosh i i might have to look it up but it uh me and a friend last year played uh jurassic park on the super nintendo and it was a part where you had like a a countdown timer and you had to escape from the thing before the time ran out and it was like a maze and like a it was a side scrolling game so it was like a side left to right maze and there were so many paths some of them had poison some had velociraptors it it was like impossible like we we spent so much time going down every path and like none of it was working and we eventually like googled it and it was like if you don't have this weapon from 20 minutes earlier in the game it's going to be impossible for you to make it through the maze and you're like how would anyone know that (laughs) that's extra stupid but that's like what a lot of games were like that back then that's not just like a, a certain a small sample size there were so many games that just like expected you to find random things hidden in a block somewhere that or they expected you to to draw your own map with graph paper yeah. and shit like like the original Metroid 
did not have an in-game map. You had to draw that shit out yourself or memorize it if you were super duper awesome. Uh, same with like the original Fantasy Star. You had to memorize the map. <laughs> it's bullshit. Like who, who, who played that game on their own without? I feel like that should be so much work. Like I just want to play the goddamn video game, not not map out an entire D and D campaign like that. <laughs> The, the only positive to come with that was the, the rise of strategy guides. I yeah. loved me some strategy guides. That was like the two places I went to at Walmart was the games and the magazine section. Yep. And now when I go to the every like throughout the years, it's just been sad finding fewer and fewer video game magazines in the magazine section. Because like you see all these other mm-hmm. genres that are there, like house building and and k-pop stars and tv guide magazines yeah and you're like how is video games not something that can sustain a magazine it's weird because i mean i have i have uh my oldest son is is 10 so he goes to the book fair a lot and there's Mm -hmm. surprisingly not as many like video game related books as there used to be because i remember back in the day not just with like the book fair but the um the the book order yeah, the pamphlet sheets that yep. you get like yep. there's there used to be tons back in the day and you got sweet little goodies for buying them but nowadays there's just not as many there's maybe just a select few but that's about it you unlocked a memory for me through one of those <laughs> through one of those book fair things i bought the simpsons hit and run for pc that might be the weirdest that's way cool. i've ever purchased a video game now that i think about it through the through the book fair i think I remember buying a lot of the Pokemon, um, the the handbooks, book yeah. all the time. Some of them had would, mistakes. Uh, yeah, like I remember, what was it? I forgot which one it was, but they, to to me anyway, they they messed up the, some of the pronunciations because for like for like, for Rattata, they, I forget what the hell it was, but goddamn it, it's it's Rattata. It's not Ratatata or Ratata. It's Rattata. <laughs> Someone God in our school, I don't remember who, they always said Ratatat. And I'm like, no, there's no T at the end. It's just Ratata. No. Um, oh, Simpsons Hit and Run on the PC was four discs to install it. That was a thing what back the... in the day. You only needed what one disc fuck? to run it, but to install it, it took multiple discs. And Simpsons Hit and Run, <laughs> I remember being four discs. So it would like, take an oh. hour, and then it would be like, please switch to disc two to continue the installation. That reminds me of all those... Uh... I think it was just on PlayStation back in the day, but all those games that had more than one disc because they were just so long, like Final Fantasy Seven yeah. was like three discs. Legend of Dragoon was like four discs. It was like an urban it, legend almost being like, it's so big that it takes two full discs. And you're like, Wah! <laughs> why, the, why is this case so fat? Is there a <laughs> snack that comes with it? <laughs> and I think, I don't... I don't think Sega Saturn games had more than one. I've, I've rarely ever never, come into human contact never, with yeah, Sega Saturn. Yeah, I have never before, touched but, the Sega Saturn. Yeah, I know for sure Nintendo 64 games only ever had just the one cartridge. But. Yeah, yeah. I remember uh, when rumors were the Switch were coming out, and and uh, one of the bigger ones was is going it was going to be cartridge based, and I was like, what are you talking about? Why would they ever go back to cartridges? That's the that's insane, completely insane. And sure enough. It's totally normal. Totally normal. Speaking of cartridges, like it'd it'd be cool if they kind of, in a way, brought back. I don't know. Have you ever seen a Super Famicom cartridge? I have not. 
they're so awesome like they're so they're so colorful like basically the super famicom was the uh the, the japanese japanese super nintendo and um like in, in the u.s for the most part the super nintendo cartridges were all just plain ass gray and just bland and boring but in japan they got some cartridges with really sweet colors like they'd be like yellow or baby blue or they'd be like pink or purple or something this bomber man when i'm looking at is red that's yeah oh and it's yeah same with the original famicom which was just the nes in japan those ones are super sweet again all we ever got was plain ass gray or if you played those goddamn tangan branded ones they'd be black like charcoal i don't know that's why dumb. that's why pokemon red blue gold silver was all super cool because the cartridges were the colors yeah. that they were supposed to be um oh or crystal i have the stupidest complaint about the nintendo switch so <laughs> let's hear it. every nintendo handheld from the game boy up to the switch when you put the cartridge in the system the label faces the back of the system the oh. game boy it fa- the the label faces the back for the game boy the ds the 3ds all of that the nintendo switch the label faces the front and it drives me insane every single time i put it in the wrong way <laughs> have you ever tasted the cartridges before yeah it wasn't as bad as everyone made it out to be but maybe i have a weird tongue no oh, yeah it, it was they say like they make them taste bad so kids won't eat them but it's just like it's just bitter yeah it's just like you try to eat a cinnamon stick that's it (laughs) yeah (laughs) it's just unpleasant as hell um one last thing before walmart because i didn't have this written down so i don't want to forget the best part about walmart trips was getting to play the demo stations oh yeah 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 yeah. because oh man in in walmart back in the day they'd have three tvs set up and they'd have controllers for the Xbox, the PlayStation, the GameCube, and so you could play demos of the games in Walmart, craning your head, your tiny child head, up to look up 20 feet. <laughs> <laughs> Holy shit. Or when the, the local Walmart had a rock band set up. Oh, man. Or the, uh, I see photos of these a lot on, like, Facebook and, and Twitter and stuff, but um, there are just a bunch of other kiosks in random places, like, well, it was, what McDonald's had some N64 ones back in the day. Yeah, there wasn't any near uh, us that I ever saw, but I've seen them on the internet. Oh, and they, were, they used to have those all the time at Lame Stop. They would have the different ones for like the. Yeah. They had them for a while for like the Xbox One and PS4. But then they were like, Nah, fam, we're not doing those no more. I only one time was I ever at a hotel that had a built-in Nintendo 64 controller, that you could what buy. The hell? You could buy. It was a. Uh, you would purchase games, but you could only purchase them for a time. You would buy like an hour of Donkey Kong 64 or something. What? And it was only the controller. Yeah, it was wild. Oh, that that. Oh man, you unlocked uh, a core memory for me too. Um, whenever I went to spend the weekend at my dad's, we would go to this one. We go to this one rental store. I forget what it was like electronics, etc., or something like that. Mm-hmm. But you could you could rent not just like a game or movies, you can rent a whole ass video game console. And we rented, <laughs> we we rented the original Xbox with Fusion Frenzy and something else. I think it was Dead or Alive, and God, that was cool. But nope, can't do it nowadays. How out of my own curiosity, how much did that? Do you remember how much that cost, or did you not know because it was a dad purchase? It was a dad purchase. I'm not entirely <laughs> sure, but I'm 
I'm sure it was less than a hundred bucks. It, it had to have been. There's no way that would exist these days, but yeah. No. <laughs> oh God. Yeah, I guess yeah. There did used to be video game rentals that you could rent in the store. Man, I never did that because I didn't have access to that. But I know that's a thing that existed. Also, speaking of Walmart trips, back in my day, we had demo discs. Remember those? Oh yes, yes. I remember going to to Walmart uh, again in the, in the same style when like my mom would just be buying clothes and I'd be like, "This blows! I'm out of here." I would go to the um. The, the magazine section or whatever and it'd be you could look at like dc magazine or the nintendo power and stuff like that and yeah they, they just have discs on the front and it was so sweet you could just be like i could just, I could just take this off right now and be a little naughty little boy and, and go home and get a free demo disc yeah if the but, if the uh, magazine was wrapped in plastic you knew it was it had something special inside hell yeah those nintendo power ones that came with those sweet ass posters oh, oh yes um I had a PlayStation uh, demo disc that I think probably came with the PlayStation, or I got it from Pizza Hut. I know Pizza oh, yeah. Hut had a bunch of demo discs. Yeah. <laughs> and that was so fun. I played Tekken with the two characters that you could pick from or the first level of Crash Bandicoot. Or I would just watch the – the. it would have, like, a, a video with, like, uh, off-brand Metallica music. Uh, playing over different scenes from games, <laughs> just me imagining what it was like to play those games. I think, I, I yeah, I, I obviously couldn't tell you what my first ever demo disc was, but I remember one very vividly for the uh, original PlayStation, and it had I forget which Twisted Metal it was, but I was like, oh dude, this is fucking ice cream truck, sick. <laughs> and, then, and then I was like, I I need to get this, but. They never had Twisted Metal at our Walmart. It's it's not a demo disc, but my parents got the, just by happenstance, they got the GameCube that came with a special uh, Ocarina of Time that had, yep. like, the Master Dungeon or whatever, mm -hmm. which today is it's more rare than anything else because you could only get it then. And I never even touched it. I was like, I don't care about this, and I don't know whatever happened to it. It's gone now, but I I had that at some point. That's... God damn it. <laughs> <laughs> I, oh, God, I hate past Aaron so much. There, there was a game I used to have with the GameCube. It was Skies of Arcadia Legends. And, oh, my God, it's so expensive now. It's, like, it's gone up to, like, 200 bucks now. Mm -hmm. and, I'm, and, I mean, it was originally on, on the Dreamcast, and I could buy that for 100 bucks, but I would rather just eat shit and just spend <laughs> that money on groceries or literally anything else. God damn it. I, I know that. Too much. I know that your regret is for collecting, but my regret is just because I want to play these games again, and I was an idiot and sold them all. Because GameStop was great back then. I, I brought in my Nintendo Wii and all the games and was able to exchange it for a PlayStation 3 and a bunch of games and two controllers. Nice. Like, you could do that back then, but I wish I didn't. That's, you know, that's true. I remember back in the, I think it was around that, before that generation, like the, the um, PS2, GameCube era, you could trade in like one or two games and have enough money for one game, almost two if you had like a really cheap one. Yeah. And I think it was I traded in uh, I traded in a bunch of stuff for uh I think it was I traded in like the three Devil May Cry games and I got Kingdom Hearts one and two and I was like, dude, this is gonna be a hell of a weekend. <laughs> oh, uh I forgot to mention, so I wanna go back to it real quick, about not okay. having guides or whatever. Yes. Uh 
This is like back in the 90s for Crash Bandicoot 3. So the internet existed, but it was super rare. One day my dad came home with this stack of papers of like, you kids are going to have to look it up, but it was like a, a 3D dot matrix printer. Like, Ugh. do you remember the, they had it at the bowling alley in town where they would print off scores and stuff on their giant sheets that they would have on the wall. I don't know if you remember that at all, but it was like. Yep, I remember those from it was, the, uh, the drugstore in yeah. the Warden. Yeah, it was the entire guide for Crash Bandicoot 3 printed off. <laughs> and it was, it's, it's on an endless sheet of paper. It's not a stack of paper. It's one really long sheet, like hundreds of feet long, folded up. And I texted him about this in, in anticipation of this episode because I was like, how did you even do that? And I'm going to scroll back to it. I can, I can hear I can hear the printer now just... Yeah, yeah, it took forever. Um, <laughs> uh, my dad's not a man of many words, but I was like, how did you even find that? Was the internet even the thing back then? And he just said he found it on a dial-up message board. And I said, that's so cool. And he said, it sucks because they were long distant calls and the speed was really slow. (laughs) (laughs) Kids back in the day when you made a phone call, if it was, (laughs) I forget what the distance was, but if it was considered long distance, it costed extra to make that call per per minute. Per minute. Probably. We couldn't use the internet without, because it used phone lines because there was no internet lines. So if someone was on the phone, you couldn't use the internet. (laughs) And you had to pay for minutes on cell phones. Yep, or texts. I had a track phone, so I had a certain number of mm-hmm. texts. Um, uh, oh man, I had a thought. Where'd it go? Where'd what it about go? centipede? No. Oh well, it's gone. Dang it, it's gone. Um, we should let's let's do an ad break, and maybe I'll remember it after the ad break. Okay, and it's mine, right? Yes. Okay, cool. I, I got a good one for you. <clears throat> Are you tired of boring, plain, unappealing shapes in your food during meals? You wish your family meals didn't need to be lame? Introducing Grub Shapes. Now all meals can have the sense of whimsy and wonder that you usually get with holiday treats or snacks. If you have plain circle burgers and just boring and bland, how about an octopus-shaped burger instead? Plain square waffles with those dumb little dimples? Well now with Grub Shapes, you can have waffles in the shape of Elon Musk's big head. Grub shapes are made using special military-grade galvanized steel. Pounded repeatedly into fun shapes such as a jack-o'-lantern, Krillin from Dragon Ball Z, a sleepy sloth hanging from a tree branch, and more. You might be asking, why use grub shapes when you can just use a stencil or cookie cutter? Don't fucking worry about it. You'll never find a cookie cutter in the shape of the Lincoln Memorial. Only grub shapes has that. You'll never find that anywhere else. Don't even try to ask. Grub shapes are available now for six easy payments of $39.99. That's right. For six easy peasy payments of $39.99, you'll get an assortment of 67 different grub shapes. Order now to get a special bonus offer. Breezy shapes. It's like an ice cube tray. If an ice cube tray got a degree in engineering at MIT, you can freeze all of your favorite liquids into sweet shapes such as the Domino's Noid, a snowman, or even a pyramid. That's right. Grub shapes. Order now. Now, I said. I would actually use that's probably the best ad we've ever had. Like that's an odd, that's the thing that I would actually use, not for that amount of money. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, that uh, that was also another back in my day thing with all those goddamn infomercials for uh, oh, is it the those like copper pans that were literally just regular pans but with like a copper tone? 
I saw one that was the the magnetic bracelet, and <laughs> to show that it worked, they had someone standing there, and the person like pulled on their arm, and they like, oh, I fell over, and then they put on the magnetic bracelet, and they pulled on their arm, and they're like, can't move me now. <laughs> My favorite ever commercial. Do you remember the the head-on one? Yeah. Oh yeah. Oh my God, that would just come on and like you'd be watching Adult Swim at like one in the morning, and all of a sudden it just cut to head-on, applied directly to the forehead, head-on, and then it'd just be some lady rolling this stick of whatever the fuck onto her forehead, and along the lines of not being able to buy games, not having guides for games, etc. Back in my day. Games, yeah. <laughs> games couldn't get patched. There was no post-release oh. content. There was no DLC. You just bought a game, and that's what it was. If if something mm-hmm. in a game was broken, it's broken forever. There was nothing. There were there was like super duper rare occasions where the company would be like, if you mail in your disc, we'll ma- mail you in a fixed disc. But those were extremely rare in between. Like games were just the way that they were. That's true. I'm, I'm trying to think. There was one that I used to know of where uh, they did like a reprint of it that fixed a certain bug, but I've, I forget what the hell game it was. But yeah, hell yeah. If a game was jank, it was jank forever. Like, um, what was it? Big Rigs Over the Road Racing or yeah. whatever? That one's just forever a pile of shit and piss. <laughs> if, uh, if you hold reverse, there's no max on your speed, so you just keep accelerating yeah. forever. <laughs> Oh yeah, and then if if you win the race, you're a winner. Yeah, you're a winner. Um, <laughs> but even like, like for RPGs and stuff, if they were not balanced properly, that's just the way it was. They're like, you'll you'll hear things about like uh, I we already talked about, but like the Water Temple. If they would have gotten the public's uh, like nowadays, if the Water Temple came out and people were struggling with it the company would change something in it and release a patch to make it easier or more understandable or whatever. But nope, the, the water temple's hard as shit forever. <laughs> yeah, I think they uh I think they fixed it on the on the Switch online thing on the N64. I'm pretty sure Really? Did they fix that? I'm not, maybe I'm thinking of something else. I don't know if the 3DS remake they they definitely fixed it quite a bit and made it like eligible. Like the slightest bit eligible. It's actually like doable. Um, but yeah, speaking of all of that, you remember the Game Shark and Action Replay? Yes, I had a Game Shark for the PlayStation. Yeah, those things were so cool. Um, I remember with with the Action Replay specifically, I had one for the Game Boy Advance. And being a kid with infinite amounts of free time, I would <laughs> yeah. just blow through a Pokemon game and... The Pokemon Emerald, I, I blew right through that, did everything, beat everything in the, in the Battle Frontier after the post-game nonsense. And I was like, well, what the hell do I do this now? And then my buddy let me borrow his action replay, and I, I made, like, my, my dream team. Like, all level 99, it was, like, Sceptile, Typhlosion. At the time, Lantern was my favorite water type, but for future reference, Politoed is my favorite uh, water type. Lantern was pretty cool back in the day, though. Electric water type was, like, mind-blowing. He, yeah. He's, he's pretty badass. And I forget who else was there, but I would give him like the best moves, the coolest nicknames, the best held items. Um, and then, yeah, I would just go through the Elite Four and be like, ah, ha, 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 nothing can stand in my way. And I'd reenact <laughs> like in my head that I was in the, the, the anime or whatever. And I was just a stupid kid. 
Yeah, uh, the Game Shark we had for PlayStation. Obviously, it had like things in it that pre-made for games that could rewrite the code to give you 99 lives or whatever. But that one also had like where if you were knowledgeable enough, you could input your own stuff. And I could never figure that out as a kid. Oh, I yeah. always broke things. But that was it was it's such a weird weird thing. Definitely doesn't exist now. <laughs> I know. I. It'd be so crazy if it did. I know there was another vivid memory I have of the. I think this one's the Game Shark actually, and it was it was for Final Fantasy X. I forget if it was like my first playthrough or my second or whatever. That that doesn't matter. Um, I what did I do? I think I maxed out everybody's spear grid, give them all the best weapons because there was also a lot of really tedious bullshit in Final Fantasy X, like to get the mages, sisters. <laughs> oh, Jesus Christ. That sucked. But no, I just gave myself every every Aeon, every best weapon, maxed out sphere grid, beat the shit out of the final boss, and I was like, alright. You want to know what gave Final me... You want to know what gave me the biggest near panic attack as a kid? I don't know where I heard it from. I don't know how I possibly could have heard it from anywhere. But the the duplication glitch in Pokemon Gold and Silver, where yeah. you would give your uh, Pokemon an item and you would switch it to a different box in the PC, and the required thing was to turn the the Game Boy off when it was in mm -hmm. the middle of saving, and it says "Do not power off the system." And I like doing that for the first time. My heart was like, am I about to lose everything in my life? <laughs> am I about to risk it all? <laughs> and I did. And it, and it worked. And it worked. I had two yep. Tyranitars with two rare candies. You could make infinite rare Ooh. candies with that. God, I, I can't think of any. That, those, those were also really cool things back in the day. Just, just rumors. Because nowadays you really can't have a rumor or a secret because everything is revealed on the internet, whether yep. it be that wicked-ass Easter egg from whichever Trials game it was where they dig up keys in real life or whatever. But I remember back in the day, specifically the the Luigi rumor for for Super Mario 64, where like you were in that specific room at that fountain, you see the plaque, you know, L is real, or whatever the hell the plaque oh, says, yeah. and people were losing their minds over, like, is Luigi actually, like, in Super Mario 64? And, and people <laughs> would just talk about it all the time. And, I mean, obviously now we know it's not real, because people have debunked it or whatever, but yeah, those I've, rumors were sweet. For me, it was the Mew under the truck in, uh, oh, yeah. in uh, Pokemon Red and Blue and Yellow. I remember it was such a complex set of things like it was going to cinnabar island and traveling along the coast for a certain number of steps and doing all these other things and i did it all and nothing happened mm -hmm. and i tried so many different variations because i was like this is on the internet it has to be real <laughs> i'm i'm trying to find uh, oh no you say yours first okay i was gonna say i remember the uh rumor about sasquatch being in uh i think it was grand theft auto san andreas that sounds right yeah. Where you could uh, you could find him at like a certain point in the day, just out in the woods or, or something. Oh man, I can't um, even walk off the top of my head. I uh, in uh, I can't find the tweet, but the biggest sign of like how the internet has changed finding secrets in games. Um, Hideo Kojima tweeted about it's been eight years since PT came out, and 
he explained that when he released it, he expected it would take eight months for anyone to figure out how to figure out how to get to the end of the the game, quote unquote. Mm-hmm. And people figured it out within two days. <laughs> <laughs> He's pretty good about uh, about different Easter eggs and cool stuff in modern games. Because I know there was that whole thing with the nukes in Oh my gosh, Mode yeah, Soul Five, yeah. Um, you don't really see that in any any other games because most other games, well, I should say most like AAA games because indie games are pretty good at, at hiding little secrets and goodies and stuff here and there. But most modern games is just like, here's the game. You did it. That's the game. That's it. Nothing here. Uh, Super punch out. We have to talk about super punch out. Did you see the, this is like perfectly in line with everything we're talking about. The, the recently discovered thing in super punch out. It sounds familiar, but, but please go on. They discovered last week, they discovered that there's a two player mode in super punch out that has what been hidden fuck? for the last 28 years. No one's ever discovered this. Um, some guy figured out that when you plug in two controllers, like a player one controller and a player two controller, you hold two buttons on one controller and hit a button on another, it brings you to a new screen that no one's ever seen before where you can select which fighter you want to face in a one-round bout. You can just practice against them. And if you hold two buttons on a controller and hit a button again, it lets the second player select from the, all the fighters and you can do two players and no one knew about that for the last 28 years. And it was just discovered last week that it's been in there. Like people went on to emulators of the game and tried oh, it and it totally works. How do people, I've always wondered how people figure that shit out. Cause there yeah. was even that, uh, Oh, what was it? It was another, I forget. There was, I, yeah. I'll never for the life of me know how people figure that kind of stuff out. <laughs> Yeah, it's insane to me. Or or even like uh I remember playing Halo 3 and a friend was like to get this skull, you have to jump through there's do you see all these seven rings in the area? And I'm like, "Yeah, what about them?" And he's like, "You have to jump through them in a certain order. You have to jump through the third one, then the fifth one, then the second one, then the fifth one." <laughs> and and then it unlocks the skull and I'm like, "How do people figure this out? How?" <laughs> there's nothing that would give you any inclination because there's no like chime that goes when you jump through the rings. There's nothing being broadcast. Yeah. Oh. I remember there was, do you remember um, back in the day with that, uh, that one channel G4? Do you remember that? Channel? Oh yeah. I loved G4. I lived for G4. Oh dude. And then, then they had that show cheats that just gave you like hints and tips and uh, actual cheat codes if a game had them. But oh man, that, that was so cool. Back in my day, we had G4 people. Yeah, the G4 is back, and it's just not doing the same thing for me. Maybe it's because an adult, I'm an adult, and I don't have, like, from 4 p.m. to 10 p.m. to watch G4 every day. But, yeah, it's not the same. They had true. a They had a show that was, like, just video game trailers, and I would love watching that. Oh, yeah, was that Attack of the Show? No, it was, it was just half an hour of video game trailers. There was no hosts or anything. It would just play oh. video game trailers for half an hour. I don't remember what that was called. But yeah, I loved Attack of the Show, loved X-Play. Back in my day, we had G4. It was wonderful. Their their E3 coverage was the best because that was like the only time that you could see E3. Like on the internet, the simple internet back then, there was articles and trailers and stuff. But being able to watch people walk through it and talk to people and just see it, that was so cool. I, I wanted to go to E3 so bad. Yeah, because back in those days, they didn't have they didn't have live streaming at no, all. It no. was, I mean, obviously, unless you were you know on a like a television station or whatever but yeah that was 
Those were sweet, sweet times. The the dudes at Giant Bomb talked about when they worked at GameSpot during those early E3 days. They had to have a record a video recorder with a VHS like recorder, and they would record the press conferences. And then someone have to would have to physically take that VHS to another person in a van to upload it to send it to like the main GameSpot branch to upload it to the internet because there wasn't live anything back then. There was oh no there was no Wi-Fi or internet anything. And I can't imagine what G4 had to do to make all of that possible. Oh, my gosh. That Yeah, that sounds like a labor and a half. I remember, um, what was it? Uh, nope, I lost my thoughts. Sorry. We'll, we'll oh, cut man, that out. it keeps happening to me, too. No worries. We, there's, <laughs> we have a lot of video game memories, and some of them just come and go. <laughs> <laughs> my, I got Yeah, no, you. You. Oh, okay. Uh, another another thing back in the day that you don't ever see now is is uh, home console ports of arcade games, and yeah. that might be like like Tekken, Soul Calibur, even F Zero GX. That was an arcade game. Oh my I did gosh! Not know oh, that. And then and then and then the arcade cabinets that had spots where you could plug in like your memory card or like a USB stick, and you could get special sweet shit from the arcade cabinet and have it in your game or like bring your home console save file to the arcade cabinet and just blast ass in that game. Yeah. Back in, back in our day, arcades were actually relevant. Oh yeah. That, uh, little arcade section of Walmart was actually an arcade section in Walmart. It wasn't just, it had guitar hero. (laughs) It it wasn't the old run down, like just furious cabinet that says no input or like the little sticker vending machine. Uh, Bullshit. It's so sad. I like, Man, uh, that's just another Walmart thing where I would see arcade and I would yep. go over there and have fun. And now I see arcade and I know it's not an arcade. It's, it's not. They don't even have anything like that in pizza ranches no. or what What few pizza huts. I used to remember running left. into friends at the pizza ranch arcade. Hell yeah, dude. Oh my gosh. Uh, Nowadays, um, yeah. It was it was before our time, but I it's I know that it was a thing where arcades were considered like the graphical powerhouses and it wasn't until like the super nintendo that home consoles caught up with arcades which is a weird thing to think about oh yeah i think there were quite a few when they started getting into 3d graphics and shit arcades were still like like the big the bigger you know technical powerhouses yeah um what was it virtua fighter i think on the on the saturn that was like one of the first few, uh, I guess, like 3D fighting games. And it was, this is another thing back in the day, being so used to just like the pixely, like 2D games going to these new 3D games. Oh my God. That was, I... these graphics are never going to get any better, but they literally just looked like if you just slopped cardboard boxes together on a man. It's insane. I know one of, uh, going back to when I worked at the bank with all the young people, they sent a meme that was like, graphics will never get better than this and it was goldeneye 007 and i'm like i know you kids don't believe it but that's actually what we thought (laughs) (laughs) seeing seeing faces on the people oh ridiculous (laughs) the faces in goldeneye 007 were so stupid it would just be like 3d models with faces superimposed on them and (laughs) grand theft auto characters had stupid grand theft auto characters had fingers and i was like what are you how how is that even technically possible gosh dude uh uh back in my day this is a small one but mac back in my day we had to stand up and go to the tv to turn the console on 
Oh, and you had to set the TV to like channel three or four because yeah, there wasn't three. like an AV input or like HDMI. And uh, you had to sit. You couldn't. Sometimes you couldn't sit on the couch because the cord didn't go very far. Yep, that, that's true. That's the worst part about the Super Nintendo Mini, and like the stupidest reason why I don't play it is because I have to sit on the floor. And I'm an old person now. My back hurts. <laughs> it it hasn't occurred to me until very recently how short the the cord is on the GameCube controller. Yeah. Like on the PlayStation Two controller and the Xbox controller, they're so long. But like on the GameCube, it's so short. I just want to play Wario World and sit on the couch, not on the floor. God damn it! And we've talked about it before, but the Wave Bird was like, oh my god, that changed everything. You're telling me I could not even be in the house and I could play my GameCube. I remember specifically setting the TV up by a window and going outside and playing through the window and being like, we're living in the future. This is, I'm in the Matrix. <laughs> this is the future. <laughs> I remember, um, you're, this, this, I don't think that, yeah, this isn't video game related, but you remember those, it was another time where I thought, like, this is this truly is the future, but those like little juice box kind of MP3 player things, like it's just called the, a juice. Oh, it's called a juice box. I remember having the off-brand. It was just a, here's an MP3 player. Let me look up juice box. I no, I never had these. They had, like, they had the uh, little like cartridge type things you would pop into. It was basically like a Walkman, with little tiny. I guess cassette tape kind of pop it in and uh yeah I just looked up juice box player and I found it but interesting I remember McDonald's had the little ones where you could put in the tiny disc and it would play like 10 seconds of a song my god oh and then um do you do you remember do you remember the um what are they called the Digimon like Digivices yeah. Oh, yeah. Of course. Where you could, yeah, it was basically just like a little, like a, I forget what you call it, like a little, little LCD screen, and you walk, you walk your Digimon, and it trains up, and you fight other stuff. But I remember you could like just shake it, and it, and it walk. You I cheat it just by shaking it. I have an embarrassing story to tell that I've never told anyone in my life. Ooh. So who better to share it with than our our valuable listeners? Yeah, the listeners. This is a breaking story. Um. So back when I was a kid, like elementary school kid, I loved Digimon and I wanted the Digiworld to be real so bad. And like Digimon was where the kids in the real world got transported to the Digiworld. And I remember walking home from the bus stop to my house and I had like a ringing in my ear. And I thought I was like, that's the that's the high pitch sound from from when they go, get transported. So the whole walk home, oh, I was like trying yeah. I was trying to focus on it really hard and just being like, come on, <laughs> come on. <laughs> Oh my god, that's that's so weird because yeah, in in elementary school, me and what few friends I had would just in the playground we we pretend we were Digimon and I was <laughs> I love where Groovermon I'd be like I'd be like where Groovermon smash and I'd jump off of the, the uh, jungle gym or whatever and do like a little anime pose and it was so sweet. I'm just imagining what the teachers were thinking. Just I mean I'm sure kids are just as weird now, but oh god yeah, huh. uh, our oldest really loves naruto so he'll he'll do the naruto run through walmart beautiful and uh he'll he'll make little shurikens out of uh out of paper and just throw them all over the house beautiful oh yeah um and i don't 
I don't think I have anything else. Why? I, I have one more, and I know it's going to be something you can talk about. Okay, let's do it. Back in my day, indie video games weren't a thing. Ooh. That, that's so weird to think about. <laughs> yeah, right? That was the last thing I added to the list, and I was like, yeah, there weren't indie games. There was just games from EA and 2K, and you had to have a publisher to release a game. It's true, and if uh, and if your game tanked, you know that, that little little tiny little baby studio would just get just get yeah. cord pulled. Um, that that's so wild because I feel like most of what I play nowadays is indie games. Yeah, I think that's something that gets taken for granted. Is like today, anyone can make a video game. Like anyone listening, anyone in the world can go to their PC and make a video game, and mm-hmm. Back in the day, that was couldn't be further from the truth. Yeah, <laughs> I don't, I don't know how you would go about. You'd have to work for a studio and make whatever they told you to. It's it still, it still baffles me. Just absolutely scrambles my brains whenever I try to think of, like, how the fuck did they get a game? Uh, this is for the N sixty, or I guess any cartridge based thing. How the fuck do they get the game on there? Do they? program it and then pop it into a chip that's on the the board and the cartridge i don't, I don't know I, no idea I, no idea yeah if i think about it too much I'm, I'm gonna i'm gonna melt yeah it's that's that's also true just being like i've got this disc that i put into the playstation and a laser reads it and puts it onto my screen and i hit buttons that make things happen and this has been something that's been controlling my life for 20 plus years <laughs> there's this is also something i think about a lot at 3 a.m which is when I have a lot of my best thoughts. So that's that's when I came up with the app. Was that at 3 a.m.? I woke up to take a pee. I was like, grub shapes. But uh, no. So record players. How the fuck do those little grooves in a vinyl record make the music? I don't... There's there's no what? technology in a record player either. It's just the needle. It's, it's a little it's needle. That's just a disc of, of, of vinyl. If it, if it even is vinyl. How do they do it? No idea. Or the 3DS, I understand. Like, they can say, like, oh, it, it displays a different image to each eye, which causes a 3D thing. And then I outwardly, I'm like, oh, yeah, okay. Inwardly, I'm like, that's, no, that's science fiction. <laughs> it's like, this is a really bad, like, 80s science fiction movie with really bad Ooh. theremin. Ooh. Memory. Memory. My, yes? my grandparents had dinosaur some sort of dinosaur game for their pc and it claimed to have 3d graphics and back in the 90s to get 3d graphics you had to have the glasses with a red lens and a blue lens and it was barely 3d so everything you saw was red and blue and it it, that's how they gave a different image to each eye because some of the images on the screen was red and some was blue so it Mm -hmm. made it look 3d and i don't even know how you would show a kid that these days because they're going to see it, and they're going to be like, I can't see anything. And I was like, no, this is 3D. 3D dinosaurs. It's, it's also, remember back in, I think it was the early 2010s when they were trying to make 3D TVs a thing? Yeah, yeah. Like, one of my old roommates used to have one, and he was like, dude, this is going to change the world forever. This is the future of gaming. Because there was, like, some ATV game where you could you could do local multiplayer on just one yeah. screen because like like one would be one player 
the the other you know 3D effect whatever bullshit would be the, the second player. You would have the full I was screen. Like, that is, I was like, that is kind of dope, but it's it's hard as fuck to see. That's right. Oh my gosh, that was oh my gosh. I was a PlayStation person back then, so I was like, yeah, this is the future. I played a 3D TV at GameStop, and uh, I played MLB The Show. And would you believe that the ball traveling was not in 3D? The only thing 3D was the UI. <laughs> Fuck. What's the point of that? Well, that it's <laughs> the past is so weird. Oh my gosh, 3D TVs, PlayStation 3. Your PlayStation 3 that you have in your closet can play 3D video games on 3D TVs. Also, here's another one, goofy one for you. I remember back in the day, before, uh, yeah, it was before smartphones, before you had movies at your fingertips or TV shows at your fingertips. Um, they had, what, movies you could play on your PSP or they had like the uh, the Game Boy Advance movie things. I forget what they were called. Um, you know, those, those special cartridges where you could watch a TV show mm-hmm. or whatever. Yeah, yeah. That was so crazy. Um, speaking of mobile phones, though, I think this is something that, does not get talked about so if you're a younger listener this is gonna blow your mind but when smartphones first became a thing and the app stores first started coming out they did not anticipate people to make games for them they did not do anything in preparation for that i remember a year or so in to the ipod phase they actually had to add a game section of the app store because there were so many games coming in but that didn't exist right away it was just apps and, oh yeah, and now and we had things like it was toilet paper that you would unroll as fast as possible, or it was a oh. it looked like a beer and you could tilt it back and you drink it. It was the coolest, oh my shit, god, the coolest shit you could imagine. Or the lighter app, you just put you just like move your finger like you were trying to light a lighter and it would light the lighter. And lightsaber, you could <laughs> tap the lightsaber and go. Yeah, the you could move around, and go zoom zoom, and you're like, what the fuck? <laughs> a, a police siren, a. Uh, whatever you call it a text ticker those like um like text to scroll across the screen i will say what? playing playing solitaire on an ipad with, or ipod with the scrolly dial thing was actually really a really good way to play it because you could just scroll across the cards yeah there was i forget what generation ipod i had it was it was one of the big old fat boys but there was there was like a no it was on my zoom actually sorry there was like this like side-scrolling shoot 'em up game I had on my Zoom. Really? I don't know what it was called, but it was awesome. The, also, yeah, kids back in the day, Microsoft had an MP3 player called yeah. the Zoom. Yeah. Uh, it it cr- crashed and burned pretty hard against the iPod. There was Windows phones as well, and I had a Windows phone, and I actually really liked it. But it's crazy that Microsoft, like giant Microsoft, made bad devices. Hey, don't call the Zoom bad. The Zoom was awesome. Okay, fail devices that failed commercially. Because, <laughs> like go. I said, the Windows Phone. I, I like the Windows Phone a lot too. It was. It had Windows? Siri before Siri, or at the same time, but better. I. It had Cortana, and it did like really cool things. It's. Oh man! Now, now that you mentioned the Windows Phone, I'm thinking of Windows 8, and I don't know how anybody ever did anything on Windows 8. Ew. Oh, I memory unlocked. We had a old, very, 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 very old PC, and it had SimCity. And when you would save your game, I don't understand how this worked, but when you saved your game, it would give you the 
title of a city and a code and then when you would load the game back up because you couldn't save games back then that's how old it was there were no save games when you would load oh, the yep. game back up you would have to look in the manual find the city and match it with the code and then type it in and it would somehow It'll... bring up your game that you had it's the same goes for like the original metroid and a few other games on the nes as well you didn't save games you just had the uh um yeah, just had the code that it gave you. Yeah, you'd have to write down like this twelve-digit long code. Man, I forgot about that. And it's then it somehow nice. brought up your game. I don't know how. I'm never gonna understand any of this. <laughs> <laughs> I'm still trying to think of how the goddamn hell they programmed a game onto a cartridge for the N64. No, huh. no, it's, video games don't make sense. Um, but I did want to mention one last thing about indie games. Sure. Was uh. They didn't really exist until the Xbox 360 had the Xbox Arcade. And then oh, they yeah. were like, that's that's when they were like, hey, if you make a game, we'll help you put it on the Xbox. And That's right, yeah. That was really, that's where it all started. And then I remember uh, in college, Steam, the, uh, you know it today is the marketplace that has literally everything you could possibly imagine. But back in the day steam had to approve every game that went onto the system or onto the platform and eventually they just became overwhelmed with yep. normal people making games so they started a system called the steam green light system where they would post like a dozen or so games and then people would vote on which ones they wanted to be brought to steam so that they instead of steam doing deciding what games would be on steam the people would get to decide and if you didn't get enough votes your game wouldn't be allowed to be on steam oh man and man. then after I... after a couple of years that system wasn't working so they just opened the floodgates and were like whatever you want to publish put it on there oh and that's why there's so many thinking piles of shit on steam yep people complain about it all the time but they tried an alternative and it didn't work like that's one thing people don't like about the Epic Game Store is they are very strict about what games they allow, but it's it's either that or Steam. Like you can't have a middle ground. That's true. Yeah, because like because before Steam, there really wasn't this unified uh, I guess unified electronic store on PCs. Really, it no. was just because kids back in the day, you really you pretty much had to have a disc to to install a game on your PC and play a game on your PC. Yeah. There was, I believe, very few games that you could just go to a website and get. Like, I know RuneScape, you played it through their, mm -hmm, their mm -hmm. launcher thing. and But, yeah, yeah, most games you had to have a, a big old box of discs for. Yeah, I had a bunch of, bunch of discs, piles of boxes of discs, and now I've had my Series X for a year, and I have one disc. <laughs> I have so many, so many discs and cartridges and other bullshit in my game room that I need to go through and, and see what the hell yeah but i think i think that's it i think that's everything from the past <laughs> that is and uh yeah i mean if, you, if there's a if there's anything else that we didn't think of somehow somehow something we missed i feel free i would even love to know if you're a younger person tell us what your back in the day was it's going to make us feel old but i just love seeing that perspective like hearing my coworker be like i grew up with the ds and it was so cool just hearing that was like mind rattling for me but it just gives you it gave them a different perspective on video games that's true yeah they're they're back in the day 
so much different from our back in the day. Yeah. And I'm sure there obviously there's also people older than us whose yeah. back in the day was, is even even wilder. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, is it? Yeah, there's all of them. Reach reach out to us on Twitter <laughs> on uh, Superpod Saga on Twitter. Uh, we have an email address, superpodsaga at gmail dot com. We have a Instagram. It's guess what, Superpod Saga. <laughs> yep, Facebook. Guess what? Also, Superpod Saga. What? Well, mm-hmm. Maybe it's maybe it's Aaron and Tommy Superpod Saga. I'll I'll take a look. Well, regardless, we got we uh, we got that. Oh, we got TikTok. Yeah, which. As soon as the temperatures go down, I'm going to be making more. It's too hot in my house. <laughs> I'm going to I'm going to try to come up with something for it. I yeah, we, we the, the two videos seem to be doing pretty well though. Heck yeah. And uh we're going to we're going to do a YouTube eventually as well. So look forward to YouTube. That is true. Oh, so but, you get uh, to you get to pick the topic for the next one. Yes, sir. And I uh I thought long and hard about it. Uh we should talk about Sega a little bit. Oh boy, that's gonna be a tough one for me, but I'll do it. Really, I I, I have another one no, in the barrel no, too. No, we gotta do it. I I picked the Nintendo Wii for the first episode, and you didn't even own one, and we made it work, and it's our most listened to episode. <laughs> awesome. Well, yeah, it, it can be anything. Sega. Sega. They, they, they did a, a lot of weird and questionable yeah, shit, but uh, yeah, but it'll make for a good episode. Okay, look forward to that, listeners. Thank you for listening. Bye. Bye.